0: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
1: I hope you had a great Fourth of July, you whistling bungholes, spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, hoosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nipsy dazers with or without the scooter stick, and whistling kitty chasers. And yes, those are all names of fireworks as quoted by the amazing Joe Dirt. And yes, I am fired up from celebrating America's birthday. It's just too too unbelievable that the US uh, invented democracy and the wheel and fire and that most of the prophets and apostles were from here. The Bible is uh, was written in America. I mean, you know, at least originally. And I mean, Jesus is from Toledo. So how can you argue with with United States being the best country? Give me a break. Alright, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you're not new, let me reiterate this for you guys too. We are not here to be teachers. We are not experts. We're not even role models. We're definitely not heroes. There's plenty of people out there who have great resumes and are amazing teachers and know stuff and, you know, their lives are probably a lot better than ours too. They're probably a lot nicer than us and smarter. Our goal is to just talk about stuff, hear other people's point of view, say our point of view in an unguarded, kind of unfiltered way, because we notice in general when people get a platform, an audience, and a microphone, they start trying to appear, let's just say, better than they are in order to either maintain that or gain more control or more influence. And we think it'd be better if people were more honest, even if it makes them look bad. I think that would be more helpful to more people. And Christianity is pretty much the worst at this. Uh, it's loaded with people that are all hiding tons of stuff because they're afraid of what other people will think about them. And that's pretty unbiblical, really. And uh, so thank you guys for supporting this podcast and being interested in being honest, open, and transparent. Keep it up. Also, keep it up with the uh, leaving us ratings on iTunes about how you feel about the podcast. We appreciate it. Also, thank you for spreading the word. We depend on that. Tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Tell them. Tell them. Let them know. Do it.
2: Three, two, one. Hit it. Bad Christian.
0: Joey's dying. Joey's coughing. Joey. Are you okay?
2: I just couldn't do it without
1: coughing. All right, folks, welcome, welcome to the to show, the Bad Christian podcast. Who was that with the countdown there? Rosa. Rosa who? Rosa who?
2: Spencer.
1: Rosa. Rosa Spencer. That's Rosa Joey's Spenson. little girl.
0: Joey's
2: all oldest offspring. She uh, how old? Are, how old are you, Rosa? Seven and a half. Nope you're no. you're basically eight and. Cool. And one month, you'll be eight. So you're closer to eight than you are seven and a half. Well, well, she was just being really humble. Most kids would say I'll eight. I'll, um, you know, I only have one month left. Or you but should just say almost eight.
1: Almost eight.
2: All right.
0: Um, All right.
1: Well, thanks for the right, countdown. Rosa, thank you for the countdown. Run along to bed now. Good
2: night. Good night, Rosa.
1: You run along to bed. Daddy's going to tell nasty stories now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is crazy. Every time I go to laugh, I'm going to goff. Why What's wrong with you? I have a cough. Okay. I don't know. Well, well no, here, here's what's funny is all of our kids, well, at least three of them, <clears throat> I think I have what they had. Basically, they had a fever first, and then when the fever left after like 12 hours, they had a cold. Now, obviously, you guys got word about my fever. Basically, I started feeling bad over the course of a day. And uh, I went to a meeting at a Mexican restaurant and I was so hot, had the worst headache ever, was nauseous <laughs> to my stomach. And I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And so then I went to <laughs> another meeting with, um, where was it? Ah, hop- no, it was, a- <laughs> it was actually in his office. And uh, when I got up after meeting with him, I seriously envisioned him picking me off the floor because I was like, I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> And so I actually uh, drove home, which I probably shouldn't have done, and I just crashed the couch, and Priscilla checked my temperature, and it was 104. Now, see, in my defense, I texted Toby, and I asked him if the coffee that he let me borrow was caffeinated or decaffeinated because I drink (laughs) a caffeinated cup of coffee in the morning and at night, Uh and if I don't, then I get a headache. So, Which Which is also called an addiction. Right. So you guys were thinking that I thought I had a fever because of a lack of caffeine where I thought that was where my headache was coming from. Well, can
0: I clarify this a little sure. bit? My, I mean, my wife had told me that you you had an extreme temperature. You were going through dizziness and all this stuff. No, no, I'm sorry. Not my wife. You did. I actually got a text from you that said, man, I have extreme dizziness, 104 temperature. Um, And then you asked me, did I give you a regular coffee or, or did <laughs> And all I could think was Joey is literally thinking uh, decaffeinated coffee has caused him to have a 104 temperature dizziness and he has to be rushed to the hospital.
1: So, <laughs> I thought that's what was causing my headache. Do you have that severe of an addiction to caffeine? I mean, you have like a serious, real addiction yeah. to a drug um, that just but, happens to be legal But here's the thing, though, is,
2: is think, think about how moderate it is. There are some people that basically drink caffeine all through the day. I mean, like eight cups of coffee. I have two. But yeah, the full story is that it is an addiction because if I don't have one in the morning and one at night, I will get a headache. And uh, for me, caffeine does not keep me up at night. It actually has the complete opposite effect. It relaxes me and I basically need it to go to sleep. So if I take uh, mission trips to third world countries before going I find out what the setup is basically because I'll need coffee. And if they don't have it, I'm going to have to start weaning myself off of it. And I've tried doing that before because I do kind of feel convicted. Um, But then what happens is every time I'm trying to get myself off the addiction, I'll have like a super bad headache um, that's not attributed to caffeine because I'm weaning myself off a little by little. But I'll have a headache because of something else. And then the best thing for a headache it's caffeine. Well so I mean how
1: do you feel so about it's just heroin? It's kind of a cycle that I gave into because you know it's difficult to get off heroin because you get, you know, you get real sick.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think there's any way that I can justify needing caffeine and at the uh, in the same way I'm not going to lose my family over it like a heroin addict, and I'm not going to kill myself.
1: The good thing is if, you, if you're if you worried about those mission trips to third world countries, I think that's where they grow all the coffee and heroin, so you'll be fine. Uh. If you <laughs>
2: <laughs> I reckon you're right, man.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you what's bugging me like crazy is the uh, response we got from putting up that Jay Baker podcast last week. Yeah.
0: Right into it, huh, man? You you are actually really mad. Huh? I was
1: fired up about that. Not, I mean, yeah. I was really fired up because I couldn't believe uh, the comments and the messages and the stuff that people said about it. And, I, you know, because a lot of times we'll put something or I'll write something on Facebook. Like, I'll admit it. I try to write stuff on Facebook that gets a reaction out of people. And part of the reason is because uh, if more people write comments or like it or get whatever it gets more traffic and more people will see it more people will hear the podcast so that's obviously part of the goal and so a lot of times we we try to say stuff that you know will get attention to some degree now this one I didn't think was crazy at all I thought it was totally normal I just said we had this guy Jay Baker on the podcast he's a son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and he is a pastor and he and then I said some of his beliefs that he doesn't believe in hell that he is gay affirming and that he doesn't say that Jesus is necessarily the only way, and uh, people went crazy, and I totally understand that people don't agree with Jay Baker, but I don't understand why they would go so crazy and mean on the internet and say the stuff that they did. Uh, or, or mainly, why they would assume that just because I type those things on a computer screen, that means that I endorse them or believe them or I'm trying to poison people by having those ideas in the world. That's the crazy part. Somebody messaged me and said, Hey, it's really, really bothering me that that's on my, fa- that's on my Facebook feed. Would you please delete it from Facebook? Yeah, oh my I gosh. saw that. Yeah. They, I mean, they said, Could you please remove those, those words, facts about a person? from the internet because it was bothering them just to even see them. I just thought that you know, was the, insane. The and only word Facebook
2: that, the only word I can think of, honestly, that comes to mind is primitive. Like that just, yeah, it just seems like, <laughs> where are you from? Like, that does not make sense well, at well, all. Well, I mean, well, here's what I can't understand is uh, so let me give you a
0: little insight, too. I mean, Matt, you posted on our Facebook, and I would say within the first 10 minutes, people had just started blasting away, meaning there's no way they listened to the hour and 44 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just couldn't believe it. They wouldn't even give somebody the opportunity, like, at least if they said, listened. Uh, you know, and, and I got to an argument actually on Facebook too with a guy who, and I was like, did you, first of all, he's like, uh, you guys, I can't believe you would allow somebody to say those things. Um, you know, just questioning like our Christianity, like h- how would like, why would you listen to somebody? Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> and I was like, how that, could you uh, possibly acknowledge or listen that somebody else has a different <laughs> point of view? Like,
0: <laughs> no. I, and and here is the thing I can't understand: is do the, the people do the Christians? And, and this is who we're talking to here. And people get really mad about that. All we do is blast Christians, but this is exactly why we are feel called to do this. We're, because, we're called
2: to blast Christians. Yes, <laughs> way, I really. Yeah, I think. So.
0: Yeah, I, I really do <laughs> because because if you put up Matt put up a very simple. Facebook post, and you know what it showed? How how cruel, how graceless everybody's
2: heart actually. Yeah, is. because what's crazy is Matt was talking about a person, yeah. yeah, not even a group of people, not even a belief. He was talking about a specific person, and people couldn't have any. A- class. And then you know what it, it actually showed? How how much
0: of a bully everybody is. It's really
2: crazy because I texted Jay and I was
0: like, "Hey, man." The wolves are out. They're going to be bashing you. You know, just be. I, I know you probably get this a lot anyway, but just, I just wanted to tell you. You know, sorry if they really are kind of mean and cruel to you. We, you know, we'll try to watch it, but there's nothing we and, can really and by do. By
1: wolves, Toby doesn't mean false teachers. He means meanies.
0: Yeah, like just. Well, yeah, I, I, I wonder. I question some people's if they are. They they're claiming Jay's a false teacher. Right. And, and by their actions, I wonder if they are. But anyway, uh, he said, man, he said, I can't believe it. He said, I, I can't believe the people that are writing on your Facebook. He said, I've never had so many people come at me and question my salvation and like <laughs> att- attack me before in my life. And, I, and, and what I really realized is I have to believe through some of those comments that those people aren't scared that Jay Baker's going to go to hell, no. or that he's wrong. They actually want him to go to hell so they can prove they're right. Yes, they they, exactly. they would love it if he if they, if he woke up in hell tomorrow, and they they were like, "See, told you, hell's real, dude. You you talked about it wasn't, and you you messed up, man. You messed with the wrong God. Yeah. So, so is, if you not, missed, that's it, not the guy we serve. If you
1: missed so, it, Joey or anybody else out there, the nature of the comments was along on along these lines. Here's Jay Baker. He's a pastor. He believes this, this, and this. He's, I said he's a Christian pastor, and the, the comments were, "Well, then he's neither a Christian nor." A pastor or nope or not a christian or he's going to hell or you know he how, why would you ever let him speak or what if you know that kind of thing so everybody was just denying you know that he's a christian he says he's a christian and everybody just says well no he's not and here's why he's wrong and here's how stupid he is and he is you know you should never listen to him or have him on the show whatsoever that that was the the nature of the comments and some of them are much worse than that but that's the idea
2: i guess it doesn't bother me though um the comment in itself, like, it, I mean, there's definitely been times where the three of us have been talking, where we're like, ah, yeah, that guy's probably not even a Christian, like, oh, just,
1: well, I know, but t- t- what, to- what, Toby what? joked about it on the podcast about, we did Jay Baker goes to hell jokes, because we're joking about it, but also, he may not be, I mean, I don't know who's a true, tr- true Christian, who's not, and you're right, Joey, there's tons of times when I meet somebody, and I go, you know what, I don't even know if that preacher, or that pastor, mm-hmm. I don't even know if he knows Jesus, I, I feel that way, I think that way, I do judge people that way. I admit that. However, to immediately post that online in that way with that thing, what is your motivation there? Like what are you trying to get or prove or what team are you trying to be on? Like what is your goal? Like what do you hope for that? Like what would be the point of doing that? First of all, it makes every other non-Christian on the Facebook page think, well, Christians are total assholes. Secondly, it means I'll, you're just saying I'll never listen to somebody with a different point of view, and, and I'll proclaim it loudly with – You know, at a minimum, super extremely bad manners. Yeah. The problem is they just
0: don't care to show anybody any grace. They just want to blast somebody from their computer screen. This is what I wrote Jay too. We literally live in a society that is growing up to be a voyeuristic, uh, no non identity culture where you can sit behind a computer screen and blast away at whoever you want and walk away. And nobody even knows you, that you did that. You know what I mean? And, I, and, yeah. and you can go. You can tell your close friends, hey, guess what I did? I smashed Jay Baker today on Emory's uh, you know, uh, Facebook or something like that. And, and the problem I have with it is just – you know what it is? Most people that are posting these things are cowards. And if yeah, you actually – if you sat in front of them, you know the shit that would be in their life and the real stuff they'd be going through – and the brokenness that they would actually have and you can't even get to it because they're trying to hide it with theology yeah, yeah like, like, like and and, and, and here's what I can't believe they're w- quoting from books who Peter who denied Christ three times they're quoting from books where Paul killed them Paul killed Christians <laughs> and God worked on them listened to did stuff changed them put them in community I'm about to pr- I mean
2: I'm about to stand up and
0: say hallelujah I know I'm, I'm just saying, why would you give up on somebody immediately? No. If you really think <laughs> if you if you think Jay Baker literally is a false prophet
2: who you are scared is going to hell, that's how you try to help him? Right. That's yeah. what well, you well, do. it's the same thing with us. I mean, that's how people treat there's some people that treat us the same way. And I'm like, man, if you really think that we don't know what we're talking about and we're heretics, yeah, why aren't you trying to help? Like, why don't you send us an email just to us and say, Hey man, I love you guys and I really and you know what? I want to to speak highly of the church, just like we're quote-unquote bashing it. We have had that before. We've had people email us just to us and uh, posed a question and really expressed their love and backed it up with the rest of their email, and they really simply wanted to understand. We want to thank all one of them. But, hey, here's why people do that. They don't trust God. They don't trust God with the gospel. They don't trust God with the truth. No. They don't trust God with how people respond to the gospel. I think that it's, it's one so of the, Americanized too. I mean, it's just America. Oh man, you know, I'm going to carry my gun. It's always
0: black or white, and it's just really frustrating that they. I mean, I can't believe it'd be the exact same as if. My two-year-old son, Ike, said, if I said, hey, what's two plus two? And he goes, seven. And I went, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Don't you ever well, say you, that you're a math you idiot. are. No, you're a math you're idiot. A math you will idiot. never
1: do math. And you will never talk <laughs> yeah. about math in this house again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, people, and then
0: people started giving me high fives. That's yeah, what everybody is that else what? <laughs> I mean, what in the world was
1: this world coming to well, and you're I,
2: gonna and you're gonna spend forever in math hell
1: now <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of questions here and this is what it brings out to me is first of all if you're a christian what do you get out of being a christian and or having these christian stances like that what what do you get out of, of saying something like that or judging another person or posting something for people to say right on to because well, will think about that for a second and can then, I answer that for them yeah you can i I think they feel like that's their job. Okay. Like,
2: similarly to, uh, I mean, this is going to be a horrible, horrible comparison. Really going to make people mad. But same sort of motivation of the Crusades. They thought that's what they were supposed to be doing. Like, completely misled. These people think that it is a worthy uh, way of investing their time. By defending falsehood and heresy.
1: Yeah. Well, and, that's a really abused uh, thing is when uh, preachers and people, Bible teachers, will say, uh, well, the gospel is offensive. Therefore, if I offend people, then I must be following Jesus closely. Which is, is, you know, that's not, that's the gospel's offensive because of its grace and its forgiveness. And the thief on the cross n- next to Jesus, who is horrible, goes to heaven. That's what's offensive about the gospel. It's not you offending people. Yeah, that's not let, what it's listen talking it. About.
2: Matt, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, Why this won't is, I? I'm, I'm not. I'm going to hate. I think you know about it. Oh, okay. I think you already know. Years ago, um, our church uh, uh, combined efforts with a bunch of other churches. We were going to do a bunch of outreach efforts in our little town. And uh, Priscilla, my wife, actually went to the meeting on my behalf. She was in charge of outreach. And so a bunch of churches are going to do a bunch of outreach, and one of the pastors suggested all of us wearing the same T-shirts, which I don't like that idea anyway because it just kind of seems like we're trying to stand out and everything. But I could, I could live with that, but he wanted the T-shirts to actually say, doing it unto the least of these and so <laughs>
1: like, Pris- <laughs> to the people you go up and be talking to, you'd be directly right. calling them. You're right. the least.
2: <laughs> right. And so and so Priscilla actually uh, expressed a little bit of, hey, I, I'm not sure if that's what we want on our T-shirts. And you know what his response was? What?
1: I'm not going to water down God's word. Oh, my God. <laughs> to me, I think anytime what like when I ask the question, what do you get at Christianity? What I mean is, do you get power from it? Do you get control? Do you get uh Credibility because you're you're backed up by this magical book that allows you to have power over other people. Because to me, when I look at the Bible and what Jesus taught and what I experience when I'm experiencing Jesus, is me going, "Oh shit, I'm nothing. I'm weak, and I'm no no Bible teacher." But that to me resonates with James four fourteen that says, "Do you not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes." I mean, we're not. I mean, the whole point of the Bible isn't that we're the most powerful people that beat people over the head because of we we're able to do that. That's just that's not the way I experience it, at least. So it seems crazy to me when people seem to be uh, almost getting off on the power that they think they have because of the Word of God. It's crazy. Uh,
0: Yeah, I really think it just diminishes Christianity in general. And I, I like what you said. What what do you get out of it? And I really believe, honestly, there is a disease in Christianity that is hidden. And the fact that we are proclaiming Christ and we're saying all these things, and basically all we're doing is trying to control our lives. We are not handing it over to Christ. We're not letting go. In fact, we're actually, just like you said, Matt, or kind of we're alluding to, I think, was just that we are trying to have some kind of control where we say, well, this is right and this is wrong, and this is how I have my bearings on my life, instead of, hey, everything, here I am, I'm just a human, I need Jesus just like everybody else, and I'm just gotta figure this out one at a time. One at a
1: time. Yeah. All I ever hear out of that, all I feel when I see people react that way is, I am for me, and I am against other people. Don't you see that's how the sentiment?
2: Don't you see how that lines up so much to the Pharisees in Jesus's day?
1: I mean, I do. Anyway, I mean, we've been on this a lot, but it, it's just, it's just super irritating that that's our camp and category. And I know we're supposed to stand up for God's word, but. Goodness gracious. Hey,
2: Matt, um, Priscilla, we're we're at my house right now. She put a bag of Twizzlers on the table, and I (laughs) just— Joey ate all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Toby went for the bag, and he saw that it was empty, and he just mouthed the words to me, what the F, and he doesn't like Twizzlers.
0: Yeah, you're right. I didn't know they were Twizzlers, so I'm glad glad you ate them. Yeah.
2: Hey, listen to this, Matt. This uh, is—Toby and I had one of our toughest moments in church— Ever, um, my uh, my mama—that's southern for grandma. She uh, she goes to our church, and first of all, Toby and the worship team—they're always confronted with the challenge of she sits pretty much in one of the front rows, second row. And she is a huge worship worshiper. And that but
0: involves, she's a clapper. Let she has zero
2: that. rhythm. So she claps <laughs> at a completely different beat than what Toby and the team. So they have to pretty much just make an intentional effort not to look at her not to hear her beat and all that stuff. So I'm kind of giving our children's uh, volunteer team some props. And uh, I was like, hey, you know what? By you know, by the way, if if you if you serve in the children's ministry, stand up right now. And so I I see all the children's volunteers stand up, and then my mama, who is in the front, stands up. This is an eighty-plus year old dementia person who she's has just never. Lying. She's
0: just seen, lying. She's, she's
2: never served. In she her just heard stand up, so she stands up, and I'm like, that already tickles me. That already tickles me that she did that, so I'm, I'm standing there. Because there's all these other volunteers standing, and then Joyce Mamet for a children's ministry that she's never served at ever. All right, so I continue talking, and the children's volunteers, they start sitting down one by one, and I've got a couple more things I want to say, and the whole auditorium, everyone is seated Except my mama, who is standing right in front of me, listening to everything that I'm saying, <laughs> it's funny, our lead pastor uh happened to be traveling around and he was at our campus and he asked our uh one of our ministers hey who who's that uh who who is that lady up there and he was just like yeah that's uh that's joey's mama so it's it's she has a reputation at our church I mean you have to notice her she claps off beat. she you know, stands up when she shouldn't. She walks on really busy highways, and that's a whole other story in itself. We try to keep her from doing that. But anyway, she's a wonderful—actually, I really do appreciate her, though. I mean, she does not hold back. She worships, and I, I mean, a lot of people won't do that. So, hey, Matt, I actually saw someone um, at, a, at a comedy um, deal, a stand-up comment, Downtown Charleston, and someone knew me from Bad Christian, and they actually seriously said to me, Hey, uh, I actually listened to y'all's podcast, and uh, I really do think Matt has a uh, a case of moderate autism. Really? And he's being completely serious. So there's, yeah, there's some listeners that definitely there's some
1: precedent for affirm
2: that, your autism. Do you,
1: do you think that you have autism? No. Well, no. Like, I mean, is there a part of you that... I, well, I don't think of... I think of I uh, I don't think people... Th- I, I predict this. I, I predict this about the future of autism in general, that it will become broader and broader until it's no longer even a thing. And, like, you know people talk about the spectrum, this or that or whatever. They'll eventually have it where everybody's somewhere on the spectrum or has some traits, and it's just a matter of whatever. Because I think they've already eliminated... Uh, a lot of the language of it, and it's going to be less of a diagnose thing and more of just like, I don't know. I think it's going to get much, much broader because when you say autism, that that brings a lot of different things to mind for different people. But I, I mean, there's there's definitely some characteristics of it that that kind of, you know, sound familiar to me at least. But you know, because it, it, I mean, mostly people say Aspergers, but that. They would say stuff like they would say everybody from uh, tons of musicians and scientists and engineers are are, you know on on the spectrum somewhere. So if anybody wanted to say that about me, it it probably makes some sense.
0: Well, Jess Jess and I started Jess and I started watching this new show, and I uh, I think that you want to be I think your desire would be to be the main character, and it's a show called Sherlock Holmes. Have you seen that? Uh, The British one. You got to watch it.
1: The British one.
0: Yeah, yeah, the British one. My with, wife. Yeah, watched. yeah, with Benedict Cumber Cumberpatch. Or something. I think that's who you want to be. I know it sounds weird, but if anybody's out there, I think you want to be this spazzy, super brilliant guy that doesn't really care about people's feelings, but you get the job done. I think that's yeah, what you that want to do. That's pretty cool. Just super smart, kind of catches everything, and you know, kind of witty, and people are drawn to you because of just oh, you're wow, just real. Drawn to me. But also, you're a complete like jerk. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
1: Well, for the record, I, I've taken have taken a couple of online tests that put me, uh, you know, somewhere near the borderline. <laughs> well, if I, uh, Bridget and I finally got our vacation planned. Yeah, oh, really? Where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Well, the uh, the good news is about it that uh, it has to do with X three Watch nice. and Triple X Church. So, Bridget and I are going to. Uh, well, Chicago- Bridget, you and and your daughter Georgia, right? Yeah, and, and Georgia's coming with us. We're going to Chicago. To go to the booth with Triple X Church. They're going to a porn convention and uh, they do their thing where they hand out Bibles to porn stars, like the way they got. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the way they met our, Brittany from our uh, episode a few episodes ago. So the be- best part about it is now everybody asks me what I'm doing for my vacation. I say, oh, Bridget and I are going to a porn convention, is all I can <laughs> so, Which is cool. true. Which is true. true. I'm going. That's cool. To- you, re- you really are doing that? Yep. Yep. We're going down there and going to see what they're up to and what they do, which I'm pretty excited to see. So, I mean, Now are you um
2: are you concerned at all with like your eyes and what you're going to uh, see honestly, and all that
1: stuff yeah i think so i mean i think it's going to be freaky like i i mean i'm looking forward to it and hanging out with them and seeing what they do because the the cool thing about it is uh they say that they have a, like a really good rapport with all the people there and they like them being there like it's not like people holding up signs saying you're going to hell like they get along with the people there and the people welcome them to come as a you know a vendor or sponsor or whatever it is so i'm really excited to see how they interact that they don't feel threatened or whatever so i'm excited to do it but also yeah i think it's gonna be crazy to be in now
0: the you the- And Bridget, now do you and Bridget have to wear like spandex or anything like crotchless, or you can dress normal?
1: I don't know what you wear to a porn convention. Honestly, that's a really good question. I hadn't even thought about it. Anyway, I want to thank everybody out there. It sounds to me like everybody who's listened to our podcast has gotten it from the from the nature of the way people talk on Twitter and people that message us and stuff. So thank you, everybody, for getting X3 Watch. X3 Watch is the official sponsor of the Bad Christian Podcast, and they're good friends of ours. Have y'all noticed from using it that uh, that it just takes away a whole nother, uh level of temptation where you can't even think about thinking about looking at porn because you know that we would get notifications? Have y'all noticed that?
0: Yeah, I would say the coolest thing about it is um, I really do believe that it is really hard to call somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling with lust or I'm struggling with sexual uh, feelings. Uh, I want to go on a website or, uh, you know, whatever it might be you're, you're going through. And so I think this is really cool because it, it really does feel like uh, you guys are right there. Like I, I know for a fact if I am tempted to look at something, you guys are going to know about it, and yep. that really that really does keep me like, hey, I, I, it almost without so basically it means non verbally I know you, I don't have to go to you guys and go, hey,
1: listen, I'm weak right now. I just want to tell you, I don't even have to do that. I I know you guys know. So the fact that if you have X three watch and your reports are coming up clean and nothing dirty is is being uh, you're not been busted. Well, that's great news. That's because it's working. It's not you know what I mean. No. That, that's that's yeah. Great it's news like
2: a. It's like a conversation that keeps going, and like I think Toby nailed it when he said it doesn't even have to be verbal like it's it's an ongoing processing and conversation, even if we're not necessarily talking about it but um, even off the air, this is not just for show um, Toby and I have talked about uh, certain things that have popped up on the internet which expose certain weaknesses of us that. Yeah, you know, so easy to justify. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I looked real quick because I wanted to see if it was an article that I was interested in when in all actuality you were looking at the picture that went along with it. So it just and, keeps the dialogue going. And
0: yeah, I, I want to even go a little further, especially even for our Bad Christian listeners. Like, Matt, uh, I know you said you deleted uh, Twitter off your phone, and uh, I honestly hadn't done that for a while, and then I kind of caught myself checking out some ladies on Twitter, and I was like, man, this is just Honestly, I get I get so frustrated because I hate the weakness that I have. And especially because I love my wife and my family so much that I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that husband. I don't want to be that father. And so the thing that I love about X3 watch is that it just really does feel like, man, there's a friend right there in accountability. Uh it's not that's outside of me that is just there. When I'm searching around the internet, it goes, "Hey, yeah, uh, you probably shouldn't do this." <laughs> yeah,
1: so <laughs> it's not—it's not, it's, it's not all about just managing, and there's a lot. There's usually issues behind why you look at porn and stuff like that. But as far as just simple management tool. It's a great one. You can go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. If you're the only only listener out there that hasn't gotten it yet, go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. You can get it for 50% off. So the funny thing about it is people say, you hear this all the time and we get emails about it. People say, I can't stop looking at porn. I'm addicted and I just cannot stop. But, and a, a pastor told me this once, well, would you, would you look at it if you were on your computer at Thanksgiving dinner with your Family all around, and they say no. And he says so. You can stop clearly, and having X3 Watch does exactly that. Just what you guys are saying. It's like having your friends and people that uh, you trust in the room with you at all times, because they they see wh- where you're going. Yep. Yep. Get I, I like X3 Watch. All. all right. So uh, we're gonna have Stephen Christian joining us in just a minute. He's out on Warp Tour right now. Stephen Christian is the lead singer of Anne Berlin. So handsome. So we'll be right back with him. All right, podcasting, the way of the future. Just like the dippin' dots ice cream.
2: Mmm, I love dipping dots, but not as much as I like and, podcasting. And
1: airless tires. And airless tires. Those are all things of the future. Podcast is a new, it's the upcoming format, and we know that a lot of you guys out there are starting and want to start your own podcast. Uh Joey, what's a big barrier to starting a podcast?
2: Well the biggest barrier I think is just how in the world do I get my stuff out there for people to hear.
0: I think another barrier for Joey is his butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joey is right though. The, the, getting your podcast out there is having it hosted. And uh, we use signalleaf.com as a host. It's a it's a new company, it's an up and coming company and they're awesome. They provide us with great analytics, great hosting, it's super fast, it's super reliable, and if you're hearing this podcast, it's streaming to you through signalleaf.com. They do the technical side. Yeah, thank you, Matt, but
2: I'm going to have to agree with Toby. I think it is my butt. Yeah.
0: Signal Leaf has great customer service as well, man. They will answer any question that you have and uh, really clear things up for you, so that's why we love working with them. You don't want to be left in the cold.
1: So, Signal Leaf, podcast hosting is hosting without the headache, visit signalleaf.com forward slash bad Christian. And we're back. Great. So we got Stephen Christian with us today. Give it up for Stephen Christian audience.
3: Yeah. Wow. They, are,
1: they are livid today
0: for Stephen. They are excited they to hear are. what he has to say.
1: Stephen, normally we have to introduce our guests and tell, well, there's this person, and they wrote this book, and they did that, and you might know him from this, but everybody, especially, especially all of our audience, knows who the famous Stephen Christian, lead singer of Amber is, <laughs> a man who needs no introduction.
3: Well, thank you very much. I, I'd <laughs> like to believe that to be true, but,
0: you know, whatever. Steven, I'm trying to remember the first time we met, and I guess it would have to be the very first
1: uh, Tooth and Nail tour we were That's on. That's not true. We met before. Is this not? That? No. Was it? No, we did. Stephen, do you remember when it was? I do.
3: During Blueprints, the recording of Blueprints in uh, in Seattle, wasn't it? That's where I thought I met you, Matt.
1: Mm, that wasn't what I was thinking, but it
3: might be. <laughs>
1: I remember meeting you at uh, CMJ in New York City at that small place. The first time we played oh, CMJ. Oh
3: yeah, I thought oh, we met yeah. before that. I thought that was right after Blueprints. Came, oh,
1: we can had come out right
3: oh okay that makes sense because we hung out a lot during never take friendship when yes. we recorded up there yeah yes. got, it. got it got it got it got it yeah you're probably right man cmj that's awesome so that would have been 2004 or three three 2003 that's a, yeah if yeah. it was right after blueprints then it was 2003 yeah. that's crazy man and we're still friends look at that after, after all friends. these
0: years yeah best best besties
3: <laughs> <laughs> have matching tattoos that's awesome
0: so uh, man, I, we, we kind of we saw uh, Joey in uh, Austin, and that's the first news I'd heard about. it. No, you guys are, are calling it quits.
3: Oh, praise him! I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, November is going to be our last uh, our last show. It kind of, we're going to do uh, we're doing obviously work tour. We're going to go international, do everything from Europe and UK to Australia to Asia, and then October November is our final u.s headlining tour ever so wow yeah we're really excited i mean maybe let me rephrase i'm really excited
0: (laughs) so So, uh, do other guys not want the band to, to take a break well
3: you know i mean it's just kind of one of those things that you know there's some diehard musicians in the band and then there's others that are really excited and have passions elsewhere so it's a divided camp you know but i think when you know now that the guys have had time now that the guys have had time to kind of look back uh, and, and reflect on why we're quitting and why now, I think they, it's clear to them as well at this point that yeah, we're making the best decision for the legacy of Amberlin and just 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 the time of life, and I think they know it. So I hear that. it's good it's all positive. Like there's nobody's, nobody was upset. There was no yelling, no anger. I mean, and I think that's the beauty of being friends and, and, and ending on your own terms, like saying, you know, let's, let's talk about this. You know, like I, I'm not, you know, I brought this up to them in October and 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 it and it's not like I was like, guys, screw this band. I'm out. You know, it was more like, guys, I'm giving you a literally I'm putting in my year notice. Yeah. yeah. So that nobody can be mad. You can set up your future in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. You can get your ducks in a row. You can figure out what you want to do next. I mean, so I wasn't I wasn't screwing anybody over. I, you know, I was very clear on that. You know, your well-being is my priority as well. I'm not going to just leave you high and dry. We've been through way too much for me just to walk out. Um, So everybody was ecstatic. You know, it it just, I would rather that than my passion just completely be gone. And I'm furious that I have to get back on a tour bus and, you know, and everybody's mad at everybody. Why not just end it on our terms where, you know, everybody can, uh, you know just plan for the future. So it was great. Everything is. So, so did they even have
0: a hint it was coming? Cause I mean, you guys have been in a band for long, obviously they probably knew that you were thinking like <laughs> wanting to be at home more with your family, wanting to maybe potentially pursue some other stuff. Did they kind of see it coming or, and was it one of those, like you had to call everybody, sit down and go, Hey, listen, I got to, this is the serious talk here. No joking around kind of thing.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think when you, as you guys well know, when you're around somebody for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for years on end practically, you just get to know somebody. You know, you just know the ins and outs. You know when they wake up in the morning, they can give you a look and you already know how their day's going to go. You know, so <laughs> – it's just like that in a band. You just become you're you're, you're just brothers. You're I beyond. You, I'm friends. starting
1: to know my wife. I was, eventually I'll know her as good as I know Toby and Devin.
3: <laughs> Not <laughs> for quite, real. Yet. <laughs> no, that's that's how it is. I mean, the funny thing is if you add up all the time that I have spent with Joey and Dion, yeah. you know, because we've been in a band now for you know, coming on, you know, we were at high school bands now, so we've been to get together for 18 years. I mean, that's more literally, if you add up the time that I've spent next to them in the vicinity, that's more than any single one of my family members. Oh, yeah, You know, yeah. that's like, that's well, that's like half my life spent with these dudes. So it's like, for me, for them, they, they knew, you know, there was some kind of like, there was a little bit of a disconnect in my eyes. There was a little bit of like, just longing more to be home than to be on the road. You know, the passion started to like, change you know the the wind of change started to shift you know i knew last february not this february i'm talking about february 2013 that my time was coming into an end it just took me to october for kind of god to give me that release yeah. like i knew it i had been praying about it and and i never felt like the release to talk about it and the crazy thing is that you know when i mentioned it in october when i set everybody down for the serious talk like already nate and joey were there with me if i had had something in February, they would have been both been like, no way, are you kidding me? But because their lives had started to move in that direction, you know, it would just happen. November was just the perfect timing. You know, God absolutely was just I mean, he just knows. He just knows the perfect moment. And if I had said anything before, I think there would have been a little bit of biz, bitterness. Um, the disconnection would have been between me and the rest of the guys. It would have been me versus them. It would have just it would have been bad. Yeah. So I don't know, it was just perfect timing. And then hey, knew knew uh, Stephen, yes. this
2: is Joey, man. I haven't met you before. How you doing?
3: Uh, what's up, man? How are you?
2: Good. Hey, <laughs> that, that, the reason why that's awkward is because they talked before we got
0: Joey, <laughs> Joey, and, we Joey and Steven introduced themselves before we went live.
2: <laughs> oh, <I understand. laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steven, you'll have to forgive me. What What do you do? What or yeah, what do you do in Amberlin? Are you the singer?
1: He's a guitar tech, lead guitar tech. I'm oh, the
3: guitar, lead guitar tech, man. Gotcha. Uh,
0: I- so, uh, honestly, I think a lot of the people that listen to Bad Christian are really excited to have you on here and 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 to, to be honest i think they'd like to hear a little bit about your band i know you guys are are ending it but just like just give us a little bit about how you guys kind of got where you are like what's your writing process like what what was that like to to get to to be a band as big as you you guys have been
3: stubborn determination uh is is i think you know the best formula for any band member to to take on to to try to make it in this industry i just that's it i mean uh as the as the rap philosopher once said uh, every day we hustle in, and I yeah. think that is literally what what it takes to 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 make it. Um, you know, without that, without that stubbornness, you know, because if if you're in it for the money, man, I've got some news for you. Uh, you know, if you're in it for some other kind of selfish reasons, that'll fade. You know, if you don't, yeah. if you're not passionate about the music, if you're not passionate about what you do, if you don't believe in yourself and believe in your band. You know, you might as well just call it quits because all that superfluous stuff that you be- you think is there is just a mirage and quickly fades as soon as your buzz does or your notoriety or whatever else you think that you're aspiring to. So, man, it's a little bit of a luck of the draw mm-hmm. because, I mean, if it was all straight about talent, then Jeff Buckley would be the most famous musician to have ever lived, you know, or something like him, you know, like, but it's just not like that. You know, it's, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of, you know, again, stubbornness, determination, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's just all the above. It just happens to have to come together. I mean, you've got to look at each other like being like even in Emory, like, you know, looking across the room. How did how did Josh meet Toby and Matt? And how did all this just come together? Like, who knows? That's just crazy. That is just crazy. Like to think that like five random dudes or, you know, just come together and form a band and they all happen to just fit like puzzle pieces. It's just nuts. So anyway, now that Josh is a weird puzzle
1: piece, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is that job, and yeah, he's and a funny
3: shaped jigsaw puzzle. Piece. <laughs> he is, yeah, you know, and and sometimes you got to remove the puzzle pieces. Like Seth, whatever. Where, where's that guy? Who knows where Seth is? Wasn't that hey, your well, first drummer?
0: You well, yeah, yeah, I sure was. Oh, speaking speaking of uh, band members, you guys went through a few as well. Uh how yeah. I, I was actually reading uh it said on your on y'all's Wikipedia it says rotation of band members, Joey Bruce uh, there was a rotation of band members and it says Joey Joey Bruce was eventually ejected from the band. According to Stephen Christian, he was all about sex and drugs.
3: <laughs> oh man, I didn't say that. I said sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know?
0: are you, are, so him. you guys went from uh, Joey Bruce and then you went to Strayer. No. Then after, yeah. Jimmy no, Jersey. Jimmy, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy Jersey. Jimmy I Jersey.
3: About him. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Jersey, man. Jimmy oh, Jersey, we were- and and then Strayer, and then eventually Christian. Strayer, then Strayer, Christian. Yeah, we found our we found the sweet spot with Christian. But yeah. was the hilarious thing is, we were just talking about these guys because Christian never really didn't really hear about everybody else you know we didn't we don't talk we try not to talk trash on these guys well f- apparently i did wikipedia found it so <laughs> everything um, on
0: wikipedia is true <laughs> oh
3: 100 110 yeah uh except that i'm 21 and it says on there i'm 31 so that's just you know <laughs> um but but seriously yeah you know it was, it was funny it, just because You know, it does. It's going to take a few people, you know, and and some people, like I said, some people's just motions are different. And we felt that that wasn't where we wanted to go. We didn't want to be known as this band or that band. Like, you know, and and a direct quote from Joey Bruce's, you know, I think my crew would do this. And I was like, oh, my God, get (laughs) out of here. Are you serious? motley crew would do this that dude he had some he had some serious issues you know and, oh, just funny hey
2: so, what were uh some of your favorite uh tooth and nail bands uh when you guys were on top of your game besides Amberlin,
3: well I, you know i think that the reason that we decided to actually go with tooth and nails because to us you know it was kind of like Juliana Theory had had their heyday and so for us like to sign we saw further seems forever and may come on we were like okay then they they're starting to change That's they're correct. starting to learn and for us that was a you know think about it if it was now, just Stephen e- steven there, edu-
2: educate me what do you mean uh change and learn i don't even know what you're talking about well
3: i'm just saying that like the tooth and nails bands like mxpx didn't excite me you know that felt like okay, that was gotcha. an era Pop, and we, era. we didn't want to be a part of, kind of that here yeah. value pack they had value pack they had Super Tone. Oh, Tone. who did sumo surprise uh supertones all Goatee Goatee that hook. was just kind of yeah. like uh Goaty hook that was yeah. it hook. yeah like not not that i didn't like those bands i just didn't felt connected to those bands and so i didn't want to sign to a label that i felt was already starting to become obsolete you know yeah. that wasn't what i was listening i was listening to punk rock you know i was starting to listen to bass. you know i don't know just just kind of like us so um so like jimmy world obviously so you know, it was kind of one of those things where when I saw the influx of new, like, you know, okay, all right, these guys are starting to get it, they're not, you know, they're not dying off, they're reinventing themselves, they're, you know, catch catching up in a way. And so that did excite me, you know, further seems forever. I mean, you guys hadn't obviously signed, I think you guys signed what, like? right after us or? yeah
1: right after that so that was the cool thing about it is because it, it really is and the, the, the thing that i like the most about it is looking back on it if if people reflect on it they kind of would mark the era of they would probably say may Emery, and amberlynn uh at yeah, that no, time yeah, it's no, like us. marking yeah. the new era of tooth and nail that out of pop punk into the other now there was you know, not pop-punk bands before, and there was some really big ones right in that time and Under Oath and everything, so, but I love that yeah. we kind of marked that uh together, kind of marked that era and time shift. That's a really cool piece of history, and it is. And oddly and enough, I that, that-, that period is done now, and it's a whole new period, so that came and went, you know, so we're the, yeah. in some ways, the music we do, especially Screamo, which is more us than you, it's like, it's like, uh, like an uncool pop punk side kind of thing now, like it's, yeah. It's who, has, and win. <laughs>
2: who has the biggest? Uh, who has the biggest debut on Tooth and Nail? May, Amberlin, or Emory?
3: Uh, I, uh, I, I, I think it's May. I'm, I'm I'm almost positive, man. May was was John Fraser's love love children, so he yeah. he poured. Out. I mean, we only sold Blueprint sold fourteen hundred the first week, which is just you know whatever at the time we thought that was we're huge. freaking oh, that was huge. <laughs> yeah.
0: but i'll tell you what was kind of neat though is that, that that first time we actually toured with you guys on that on that uh tooth and nail tour it was really cool but well, it wasn't cool we showed up the first day and further scenes forever immediately dropped off <laughs> the headliner oh yeah and i was, was like was oh no i was like oh no and, and you guys just stepped right in and now thinking back how cool that lineup was of of us uh, i mean you guys me without, without you, you us Watashiwa, uh, wa yeah Watashiwa. And so, and honestly, that was still what an amazing tour. I mean, it was oh my god! It was, amazing. it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was really cool. Like, because you guys kind of had that just thrust upon you. You guys were probably thinking, okay, awesome, we get to right before uh, Further scenes Forever. This is just going to be hey, great. And, was, and then you immediately became the headliner, and it still was just amazing. So I thought that was that was really like my first experience with you guys, and I thought it was just really cool. How you guys handled that too, uh, but I mean, because and, and y'all were oh, very oh, much man. a new
1: band in, in a headlining situation, which that was the neatest thing for us because, like, we were we were only apart by you know like a few months from our, your your first record and our first record, but it was just enough for y'all to do that, and uh, it was crazy because now you're headlining a big tour, and it literally is our first tour around the country on on, on a real tour. So, and that was just to, with a, just to yeah, show you out. but it was crazy for us because literally from being signed and then doing our very first tour was like you you guys had been doing some stuff and had a record out for a while and ramped up to that but for us we just literally drove across the country from Seattle to Fort Lauderdale walked on stage that first night at our first good show ever and it was it was already good i mean that was it was just like right out of the gate for wow. us so that was that was pretty crazy to be the That's opener.
2: awesome. So, so Stephen, do you uh uh, what's your exposure to bad Christian? Like, is this your first kind of, uh, Joey always uh, asks that
1: question. And I think he, nine out of 10 times he asked it, the people go, uh, yeah, I think I, I'm kind of, I kind of know what you're talking about. I've, I've heard of bad Christian. That's about it. So, yeah.
3: No, 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 I, I have, uh, I saw you guys, uh, on a few different like websites, like message boards, and stuff like that. We're talking about bad Christian. Um, also I saw that you guys have like a kind of a record label and I, is it called Kings Kids or Kingdom Kids? Oh, oh King Something King's Kaleidoscope. King's Kaleidoscope. Yep, no. sure. Uh, yes, I was. I saw. I saw, for some reason, I met someone and they did the whole demo thing. You know, like, hey, check oh, yeah. this band out, and I actually listened to it and I and I, I really liked it. So uh, I saw, and then I, I searched the band and saw that they were with Bad Christian. So no, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I keep up. Wait, with Wait, you are saying
1: people you people give you demos and you actually listen to them? Okay, what kind of freak are be, you? What kind, what yeah, heck? I know,
3: I know, I know. I, hey, I, I, very I, I, rarely, but I, you know, I feel so bad. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a record label called Roadside Records. Yeah, um, tell them what Roadside and, Records yeah. is. Uh, Roadside Records is when you get not kids. So you gotta cool. tell them. You gotta tell them. <laughs> we uh, members.
1: Uh, we were co-founders. We were.
3: Co- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh man, Ro- see, Roadside
0: yeah, Records right. is where somebody gives you their demo after the show. They go, "Hey, man, let's do it," and then. You you pop it into the CD player, and after about one second, after one second, you eject it and throw it out the window to the roadside. You got signed
1: to Roadside Records at that point. We've signed thousands of artists and never sold one copy. It usually
3: sounds like this. It usually sounds like this. I love you, you, I love you, I love you, you. <laughs> And then you're just like, oh, okay. Dun-dun.
0: I love you, I you, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey,
2: now, didn't, uh, didn't someone from... They get, they get side? Toby right and Matt, uh, didn't someone from Amberlin come on y'all's bus when I was with you guys your last week? Yeah, that was Joey. Yeah, that, that was Joey and Austin. Yeah, he's okay. the guitar player. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh...
0: Yeah, how was it? Uh, like now, you were you were saying because you and and Dion and Joey have been in. You guys were in. Uh Am I saying right? Sogo 24-7, right? That was your first band in
3: high school? Yeah, that was our first band in high school. It was uh, Servants After God's Own Heart, 24 yeah. hours a day, seven days a week. We are better than you and holier. So that was the full time. You title. know what's
0: funny, though? Is I was actually listening to some of the songs, and they were really pretty good So I mean, you guys were pumped. <laughs> they but were. They I actually were thought, horrible. No, I thought it was okay. Oh, I thought it was okay, I would, honestly. I, I have to say, I thought, was, I, I thought it was better than I thought it would be. Steven? Oh
3: man, they would they would get signed to roadside in the heartbeat. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. So. <laughs> but so, how was it after you guys added? Like, so then with Nate, like him being so young when he joined your band, wasn't he like sixteen or something? Oh, uh, no, on the tw- he, he was, was, he was sixteen on
3: the Tooth and Nail tour. Twelve. He yeah, we, we met him when he was. We met him when he was twelve. He started playing with us at thirteen. He was a full time member at fourteen. <laughs> wow. Well, so, dude, you just got to understand that this kid was an anomaly. Like, like I, you know, we were playing a show. And, uh, uh, our, our, Dion, our bass player was like, you got to check out this 12 year old drummer. And I was like, dude, I'm not gonna, I don't No Thanks. <laughs> and so then finally Dion comes back and it was like, you get out here? And I go out there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this kid, he was homeschooled and he just loved the drums. And he would just sit there all day and play and play and play and play. And, play. and uh, finally, you know, our drummer was quitting. He was getting married, uh, but our drummer was not good at all. Saga's original drummer, because he would start the song at one tempo, and then at the, by the end, it was like you know, either half time or double time. You know, so it, it would just fluctuated with the song. <laughs> uh, and so this guy was just consistent, and it was incredible. So by, at thirteen years old, I was sitting down at his parents' table, like, "Can I take your son across the country?" So wow. it was pretty funny.
1: That's great. Wow. So Stephen, you said there that. Uh, you made fun of Saga Twenty Four 7s name and your piousness. Was that really the case? Where you guys like young on fire Christians and did think you were better than other people? Was that is that true?
3: No, 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 no. I, we didn't think we were better than anybody. Um, but if you if you would listen to what I said on stage, oh my gosh! If I was standing in the crowd now, I'd be like, seriously, guy. I mean, because I was just like. There is an interview which you can find on YouTube, sadly I'm admitting this, but I am sitting there and I and I'm calling out everybody else's sin in the band. I'm like, <laughs> it's like I'm like dude you know, like every, you know, everybody in this band has done stuff like check out my friend Shane here. Like he's had sex with girls. He's done some drugs. And I'm like, Oh, I look at that now. I'm like, Oh my God, I said that. And that's on YouTube. Oh man. I can't, some things you just can't take back. But I mean, like at the time I was saying it very sincere. Like, like, you know, you, you know, you can still find what I was trying to say is it doesn't matter what you do, but I should not have called out people. You know, sitting next to me, you know, I should have just been very ambiguous about it doesn't matter. Instead, I was very naive to the fact that, like, look, I haven't done jack crap, you know, like, uh, so uh, look at me. How cool am I? But I, I, I didn't think I was better. It just may have. It probably came, it came across, across that, that way. Right. If you yeah, if you came to a show and you had done anything in your life, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, I'm so well, So screwed. going
1: back to what we were talking about even earlier on this interview about spending so much time together in a band, like how's your view changed on what it means to be a Christian in a band and over this amount of time?
3: Oh least, man, night and day. I mean, the fact of the matter is like, you, like, you know, I was a child once, and I thought like a child, you know. And now that I'm a man, I've I've kind of tried to attempted to put away childish things and and move forward. Uh, but I mean, I I think that's anybody. I mean, I can't say that specifically. Just the difference is that I've had everything on a silver platter placed before me. You know, whether people know I'm a Christian or not, just uh, it's so insignificant. Especially with the bands that we've toured with, from you know, Linkin Park to Smashing Pumpkins to you know fallout boy to my cam like it just everything accessible because you know people have built up in their heads well this is what they expect this is what they want this is what they get you know and uh it's just crazy. you so know. Pe- I think,
1: people would say, so what you're saying is basically it got tough and you wanted to be bigger, so you sold out so that you could tour with my Kim
3: and Fallout Out Boy. Yeah, absolutely. I sold my soul. I, 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 I started to deny Jesus. Yeah, that's
1: what Not at all. I mean, Help people understand what's the difference. How do you go from being that guy in that YouTube interview to that? Because people do see it that way. They, they say that to us too, that, well, you've sold out just for fame.
3: Oh, that's fine. I mean, because, you know, number one, I – I clearly have an audience of one and I could give a rat's ass about what anybody thinks about me because – i have to stand before no one else mm-hmm. you know i don't have to stand in front of my parents i don't have to stand in front of fans it doesn't matter to me because you just got to get over that i mean i've had letters written to me i've had email just i had i i almost got into a fistfight with a guy at a christian festival for <laughs> Tell us that story <laughs> pause oh, on man. that one
1: i like that yeah yeah, okay.
3: yeah yeah we were we were in california and this and a lot of my a, a lot of my crew lives well, you know i i don't want to Judge who and who is not a Christian, but some of the guys in the band, some of the guys in the crew may or may not be Christians. I don't know where they are with God. I mean, I, you know, because that's a, a personal thing. I well, can you can you know, go farther see. than
1: that. Some of your crew and maybe some of your band would say they're not Christians, right?
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So the thing about it is, you know, we play this festival, and I, you know, I believe that you know we are all about a part of the body of Christ, and I just happen to be with Amberlin. Uh, I uh, I'm a devout. I've follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, but I don't say anything from stage about Jesus because through soul searching and through what I felt was right at the moment and the time I felt like, even though saga would spend 20 minutes on stage talking about Christ every, you know, 15 minutes on stage talking about Jesus, every show, I just did not feel it was right for this band. It wasn't my calling. And I told the Holy spirit, I was like any moment that you want me to talk about Jesus, you do it. Um, so you know, I don't talk about Jesus from stage. And so this youth pastor, which I found out later, came around the back of the chain link friends and starting screaming at the crew, at the band about basically and literally damning us to hell. You're damned to hell. You did not stand up for Christ. And I'm like, first off, we're at a Christian festival where I where yeah. talked about Jesus right before us and a praise and worship was going on after us. If you don't hear something about Jesus, then you know, you're just plugging your ears because you're standing right there, you know? So I didn't feel, number one, I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit's not going to tap me and go, "Uh, now's the time to preach to the choir. You know, this is a good, this is the perfect moment. Uh, It wasn't, you know, I I felt like that's just not our place. That wasn't what we felt. And so this, this chain link fence was like 12 foot tall and the guy kept screaming. And I told him, I was, I was telling him to shut up, like (laughs) get away from me. And he still didn't. He was like, he was like a, you know, like we were like the same age. And I just, you know, I think that he, I don't know if he was trying to show off for his youth group or whatever. And I just kept screaming. I was like, this is, I just told him, I was like, this is not the way there is no grace in what you're trying to say. This is not the way, you know, and stuff like that. And he kept screaming it. So people in the audience could hear, you know what I'm saying? The, the people yeah. on the side. And at that point, that was it. Was on, and I started to climb the chain link fence, and I was going to jump off <laughs> that thing like WWE style. And it took my tour manager, who had, who was not a Christian at the time, to grab my ankles and pull me. And I was like, "Dude, let me, at him. I'm going to tear that, his head had off." You had that post
1: show coming off stage juice, didn't you? Oh, oh, I did, dude. And, <laughs> and that's a powerful that. thing when you come off stage Woo! and you get in if you get an argument within. Five minutes of of stage—it's always insane. Uh, Because you're
3: you're exhausted. The adrenaline is is dropping. You know, your energy is level is low. Yeah. If you criticize
1: another band member for something they played or what route you're going to drive to the next show or whatever, it always becomes ultra intense if it's right after a
3: show. Right. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And this guy just set me off. And so I, you know, I just I have the utmost tolerance for people who are not Christian. But when it comes to somebody who's a Christian and they start just pulling some, you know. Whatever, uh, it's just it's just not right. Like, and uh, so I don't even know how we got on this tangent. But I'm no, just we're saying, just talking about non-Christian. Well, well, the punchline of that story
0: and- is it ended up being Joey
1: Bruce. <laughs> no.
3: Yeah. Oh, I wish. No. It no wasn't. The,
1: the real colorful stuff comes in, especially within the cr- people you have in your crew, because I'd say probably 50% or most of the crew we've ever had that live and work with us on the bus and our management team and people forever are almost always non-Christians because they're yeah. fun, they get, they're get they more laid back, they work hard, they get along good. I'm not saying Christians don't, but, I mean, we don't have any problem having totally non-Christians be some of our closest friends and crew members, and that always leads to really, when you wind up at the Christian faith. Festival or a weird church show that always leads to some really crazy uh you know stuff like oh, that. it does man it well does. and we
0: were Steve and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before but we'll kind of hop onto this subject too but I I think that the idea uh it, it's very legalistic there's there are bands out there that are are Christians that are they're unsigned just starting or whatever and I think they take this legalistic route. I don't think they think that because they're playing rock and roll music in bars, but they, they take this legalistic route and then everybody goes, well, we have to do this. We have to say that we love Jesus from the stage. We have to not drink on tour. We have to make sure we do a Bible study. We have to do all this. Yeah. And they do this stuff, which in
1: it, it's so each, rigid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And each of those in themselves might even be good. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that thing, those things, not doing those things or doing those things are is good or bad, but then you start realizing, oh, man, we're lit, we're, we're just doing this. is just something about a law. Well, as long as we do this, this, and this, and that's our Christianity and that's our faith. Yeah, you know, we, we all huddle up and we pray before the show or we do this stuff. And then it becomes unreal to where all the way to the point of we've seen so many bands that did that. And then as soon as the band was over or they'd get home, well, the band fell they, apart. They, yeah, know. they weren't Christians anymore because yeah. they couldn't live yeah. up to it. And, and that's yeah. kind of a, that's almost like an epidemic, I think, in the Christian band, indie rock band world. Of just there are so many guys out there that don't that aren't Christians at all, and now they now they're. Five years in deep and they can't even admit it because, oh, well, this is my this is how I make my living or, you know, what am I doing?
1: Yeah, it's really funny. And Toby, it's the same as we are really centi- people. We always, you know, are real cynical people. and We try to be open about that on the podcast. But we've been on tour so long when we see a band that's even any younger, newer, and then you meet them and they hang out and you say, oh, we don't drink on tour. We have a no drinking rule or they do the exactly obligatory. Way that they talk about Jesus, and then they say, We're having a Bible study at four by the bus. It, all those things are so formulaic, you've seen it a million times from a million bands. That we we, we usually will take bets just like we do about people's divorces to say, Well, th- <laughs> three or four of them won't be Christian in four years, and then sure enough, it, it's we're yeah. that's our stats are pretty good. Wow. On that. It's unfortunate. I'm
3: sorry, yeah. But I mean, I think for a, I think for a band, I think it's very important to to know yourself and, and to also be rooted in a firm foundation in, in Christ, even before you start a band, because like I mentioned earlier, like everything in life is only accentuated, you know, once you get out on the road. Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, you know, we were, you were talking about like earlier how you guys joined us on that, or we, we all went out together on that tooth and nail tour, but uh, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember Seth Kane? He worked for world vision yeah. on that tour. Yeah. He yeah, ended become, awesome. it, yeah. He's a pastor now in Oviedo, Florida, but, um, the, the the crazy thing is like just even getting that taste of somewhat notoriety on never on on our blue, first record blueprints for the black market. The reason that Seth came out is because, I mean, I just got way too tempted with with girls. I was just way too. It was just so easy. It was just Can you too be more easy. Specific? So, Would you be willing to do that? Well, I mean, sure. I mean, like I you know at the at the at the time I was a virgin and uh, you know and it was but it was so like girls just thrust themselves and even though we were playing a lot of Christian. Tours like Reliant K was a notable, you know notable mm-hmm. Christian band, uh PAX 217. Uh you know, there's you know, it's not like all girls, you know, are moral or you know, or all Christian that show up to a Christian show or whatever. And so girls would just come up to you and just basically say, you know, oh my gosh, my friend dared me to come up and say, Would you come home with me? And stuff like that. Uh, you know, just basically just offering it. Just, hey, yeah. do you want to come have sex? You know, like crazy yeah. enough, like. The first time that I had to, <laughs> this is insane. But the first time that I had to turn down sex was at this is no lie was at the GMAs at the at the GMAs. So we went to the Gospel Music or Whatever Awards. Um, they have this pre conference, I guess, kind of thing, and uh, a, a, a radio DJ woman mm-hmm. basically was invited me to her hotel room and I, I was just stunned. I was like, "Where? are uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So th- this really happens. She was a Christian DJ host of a yeah. Christian radio station. And so at the point at that time, you know, I was new and I, you know, to the, you know, whatever. And it was, it was very easy for me to turn it down, but it started to wear down, wear down. And then I felt like pride started to creep in and then justification started to creep in. And then All this stuff just started to surmount because the other guys in the band were drinking and I still wasn't and smoking, all this stuff. Just, you know, not Nate, thank God, because he was 14, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, It just got to a point where I knew there was it was a tipping point. I knew myself. I knew give me this tooth and nail tour and, you know, you know, I'm just going to go over the board. So I called Seth Kane, who was my best friend at the time. You know, we were both, you know, he's a Christian, strong Christian accountability partner, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, all the Christianese terms. Um, and I said, Seth, I can't do it. I was like, you either come out or the person that you know now, it will not exist in a matter of years, like a matter of a year. This isn't, you know, I'm just going to, this is it. And so, you know, he quit his job. I paid him like we, you know, we paid him. We were all making what? per diem, you know, $10 a day or something. Yeah. I was like, I'll I will split my per diem. I will give you what I can. I, I don't know how much we're going to make. Maybe, you know, I think at that time we were all making, you know, hundred dollars a week. Maybe I, I can't even recall, you know, but it was to the point where I was living with my parents with, I had to sell my car because I couldn't afford the insurance. So we weren't making anything needless to say. Yeah. And Seth agreed. Okay. Like, if you need this, I'm coming out. And, you know, eventually we got to the point where we needed a tour manager and he stepped into those shoes. But yeah, man, I mean, I just knew myself. I knew the point where I had exasperated all the, you know, the, the, the moral compass and fiber that I was to the point where I was just, you know, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the end of my rope, God. You know me, and I sure as hell know me. I'm gonna freaking fail. So you know, I called Seth. And so what I'm what all that to say, know yourself. Be honest with the people around you. As soon as you start to isolate and justify, dude, it's over. Just either you call it a day in the band, you either quit the band. Or just realize that it's about to be—you know—you're about to struggle and fail.
1: You know, a band's the same as anything else. It's similar to probably ministry and youth ministry and everything else. It's, it's if you have any—I mean, not if the con, the, the uh, weaknesses and character flaws you have once you become more prominent and powerful and successful will simply amplify, and you it'll it'll just be worse. So doing more church, and that's the problem. Is a lot of bands, and I, I notice it in bands because bands somehow l- largely like to say it's their ministry but i don't know but if you're doing ministry or a band that you call ministry what you wind up doing is trying to like do the good stuff enough to outweigh the bad and that's never that's not gonna it's just not gonna work so steven no. did you did you
2: uh did you fall in that area at any point like with an actual girl
3: man this is awesome because i've never told anybody this but uh, i mean like outside of you know, close companions. But yeah, I did. Um, it was it was later on in my career and stuff like that. And I did and I failed. And um, it was miserable. I, I felt I've never I had never felt farther for God. It, it took me literally getting married three years into being married to finally, you know, feel that because I felt like I had failed my wife. I felt like i had failed my God. And it took me my wife just reiterating forgiveness and forgiveness this and forgiveness is before you are married or when you were married? No, no, no. Before I was married, uh, I had failed, you know, I had fallen. I, I had sex with a, with a girl that was not my wife. Yeah. Um, and then I got married and then I just felt the weight of guilt and shame yeah. and just basically had to, had to hear it from my wife over and over that she had forgiven me because, you know, I, you know, it's one thing to know that God forgives you it's another thing to believe that God has forgiven you, you know, and there's, those are two big areas. And so it's, it hit me. I mean, it's, you know, and and I, you know, you hear all the warnings all the time before you're married. You know, I think the church doesn't do an adequate job of explaining why it's more like it's a law. And it's like, that doesn't really do anything. You know, Uh, it just doesn't, why don't you explain it? Why don't you go into detail? Why don't you can, why don't the youth pastors confess their sins? You know, like why don't they talk about the struggles that are the struggle there instead of this air of perfection, you know, yeah. that they feel like they need to try to ascertain to, to be a good example. When in all actuality, if somebody was just honest and said, I messed up, I am grieving. I'm sexually transmitted disease. I have, I, I got somebody pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that would just be so much more, of a, like why not to do it instead of like Jesus too. said no yeah so Matt absolutely.
2: and Toby let me ask you guys something um you you guys are kind of the cynical you don't give people the benefit of the doubt and I I understand and I respect that philosophy um, <laughs> thank you with Stephen thank you, Joey yeah you're welcome with Stephen you guys would wholeheartedly say he is a major exception to the rule the fact and I'm not putting Stephen on a pedestal but I mean that is that, you don't hear that much him calling his best friend on the road because he knew this time in a few years he wasn't going to be the well, same person. Well, Joey, you, guys, you guys would say that is an exception to no, the rule. No, I
1: wouldn't say it's an exception to the rule. I'm saying that's like literally one out of four. Like if you meet five guys and they're like, if you look each one of them in the eye at the, at the beginning of their third tour and they say, we are this – then it's just statistical that 3 of them no 3 of those yeah. 5 no 2 totally because Wait, usually three of those 3 of those know
2: they're not even christians I, or they won't end up living that i'll put it this lifestyle.
1: way i'll put it this way the average christian band in the, in the vein of emory or amberlyn let's just say or no i'd i'd say worship bands too honestly and this is this really sucks but i would say 50% or slightly over 50% you'll you could catch any of them at a period where it looks like five committed believers absolutely no almost no chance that that will remain that way period so and usually people rally around one or two strong christians and they all try to keep up with that or think oh my position in the band is this or they're even fooling themselves and then those other members will eventually either not be christians and become really crazy or they'll just be you know way out there loose not you know just not not and, engaged and, whatsoever and, and, and that's, honestly, that's just just normal to give them
0: a little uh, slack, too. I mean, I think what people don't understand is uh, when you start as a Christian band, there's no, there is no leeway, there is no slack. Right. If you have, if you have any doubts, then you're living them out in public. So you immediately sometimes do withdraw. No, no Christian bands go, hey, you know what? I'm really just walking through my faith, and I don't, I don't know if I believe, or, or maybe, it, yeah, I, I'm having sex with some girls because it's really easy and fun, and I'm trying to figure out this is what I really should, you know. People just kind of shy away from that, especially in the the, the big-time Christian world. It's an intense world, like, environment, yeah. and there's no, yeah. there's no
1: template for it. There's no model. Your parents didn't do it. You don't have. You don't know. You're 19 or you're 20. So all you know is, oh, the pressure's on me to look good and be good. And part of you thinks, if I do good, God will bless me or love me. And then yeah. that falls uh, well, apart. It, and it,
0: it goes back exactly to what, Christ, uh, <laughs> Christian, what Stephen was saying uh, about the guy yelling at him for not talking about Jesus enough, like questioning Stephen's entire faith because <laughs> from stage after a rock show— he didn't clearly say what that guy wanted him to. Oh my gosh. You know what I, I mean? I, and Stephen, I bet you would even say that you you hope that your performance on stage would honor God, right?
3: It better be. I would hope that like everything that we do, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think yeah, that whether whether we're a trash man or an insurance agent, I think your life should exemplify Christ. So absolutely.
1: So here's the thing, Stephen is here's the difference with Stephen. I, I don't even think Stephen and I are the, probably the most aligned, or he's exactly like me, or anything like that. But when we're talking, like right now, we're on the level. Like I mean, it's I don't know, some good, some bad. And Steven used to be probably more up, more like he said he used to be. And then he's he's come, but he, no matter what, does want to honor God and does care about that, and that will show through in the slow. It'll never show through in the flashiness or the uh, I yelled at that person because they did wrong or I took this stand for God or I didn't drink for over one month. or no, That stuff's never going to show up. It just <laughs> right, never yeah. is. So. Right. So Toby and Matt,
2: you guys were those guys. Yeah,
0: everybody sure. was.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody started that I mean, yeah. way when yeah, you get I, in that I, position.
0: I I think what, uh, that's the one of the biggest pitfalls, I think, of Christianity is it starts with, oh, well, now everything changes and you can't be any of that stuff because it's just a bad road and that bad, bad, bad. Stay away from it. And then you go, yeah. wow, uh, man, that, that's kind of fun. I mean, can can I have a beer or what what if I smoke cigarettes or what if I, you know, when I got saved, I thought, man, no more smoking. And then I was like, I sure, man, I got stressed. And I was like, I really want a cigarette. So I hit it. So yeah. instead, of, instead of telling people, yeah, I'm not done with smoking, God's working on me, that I hid it from people, because even my own girlfriend at the time, because I, I didn't want anybody to know that, my, that I thought that I actually questioned, uh, my faith might not be real if I smoked. And, yeah. and that's what I think is really cool about what, what Stephen's saying is, I don't know why I keep calling you Christian, but uh, I, I think the thing that you say that I, I, really resonates with me, and, and our pastor at our church said this recently is, uh, you know yourself and you can lie. You know what I mean? Like, like it it could take some stuff to, to pull it out of you. So that's why, like, you had to go, you went the community route. Like, hey, man, friend, brother, come out. I know me. I, I don't know what other people are going to do whatever, but one thing I yeah. do know is me and I can lie to myself. And in the moment I can, yep. I, I can do just about anything because in at the right, catch me at the right moment. And I, I can be this guy. I can really be that, that guy. And so I I need that community. I need somebody else watching my back because I'm going to lie to other people. And, and that's where it gets dangerous is when we kind of get alone or you get into, because you're, you're right. I think you really would have. Look, I I, I always say that God, one hundred percent sent me my wife at the right time, or our, I wouldn't be here like this. I, I, there's no way. Like, in fact, right after Jess and I said yes, we're officially dating, I got hit on unbelievably hard at a show, and it was definitely it. it would have been the easiest uh, night of sex ever uh, with a very attractive girl, and you know, I'm just a, a young dummy, and of course, I would have done that. And and God gave me that community with with another person where I was like, okay. I can't do that. At the very least, I see God in this and in this relationship. So I think being honest is way more important uh, than saying, oh, yeah, we believe in Jesus. That that almost doesn't mean anything sometimes.
2: Let me me tell all three of you guys something that happened uh, yesterday that I just like uh, Toby talked in our very first podcast. Toby talked about how, man, if you're going to abuse alcohol, then do it in front of Christians. If you're a Christian, you're going to abuse alcohol, then why hide it, you know, Christians are the exact ones you need to be, because I think uh, Matt asked them if they should have beer gardens at Cornerstone. Anyway, there is a person that Toby and I baptized yesterday, and this person, I, I know them, and I know that they have been uh, totally born again, accepted Christ, and this is a recent, very genuine conversion. And uh, this person left the church yesterday, they had a really disgruntled look on their face, and I approached them, and I was just like, hey, are, are you okay? And their immediate answer was, I'm really hungover right now, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, man, that is really awesome. Like, I, I don't doubt their – I mean, I know them. They, they committed their life to Christ, and I just thought it was so cool that they could walk he by – tell his pastor that. The pastor and say, yeah, just yeah I'm hungover. The
1: previous week or what? No, pre- uh, an hour later. Oh, so he got baptized while hungover. Yeah, pretty nice. much.
3: <laughs> oh, man,
1: that's no, you know what? But that's that's crazy. a credit to you, Joey, that that I think a, a leadership quality that I think is lacking, especially in young men and in uh, ministry and band leadership a lot of times, is uh, that's a mature quality that you have that would make him comfortable enough to do that. I think that's really the point because people do want to confess stuff. It does feel good. Everybody knows it. They're, they literally are they're afraid they can't. So you have to put some of the blame on the leadership around them being everything from parents to you know just every all the way through the chain you have to and that comes from humility of a a leader like you who probably is open about your f-ups and stuff like that too that he knows that he can tell you that and that's that's what we need to do
2: and i did i mean i did grab him by the hand and i took him before the church uh the next service and i i made him confess what he confessed
1: yeah you rebuked him yeah i rebuked him hey so, so
0: steven uh we want to thank you for being on here. What, what is, uh, next for you? Like what,
3: what is your plans after the, after Amberlynn officially kind of takes a uh, calls it quit? Oh man. So honestly, uh, you know, I, I still want to stay in music. I still want to be around it. Uh, it, I just signed, uh, to do some songwriting in Nashville. I'm really excited about that. But, uh, honestly, this is, uh, the first time I'm telling anybody, but it looks like next year I will be, uh, putting out a praise and worship record, which I'm will- really excited about kind nice. of my heart for a few years now that I've I've really wanted to do. I mean whether I tour on it or not, I I sincerely doubt I will. But um but it's just kind of like one of those uh the overflow of the mouth, you know, so you know the heart yeah. speed, whatever. So it's just kind of one of those things that's it's just been constantly in the back of my head like, so it just sounds fun to me. It sounds like a, you know, something I've really been uh you know kind of thinking about for a while. So yeah, that's about it. Um, just, just, you know, being home. That's really yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I want, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've, we've been doing this for 18 years now. So it's just kind of like time to, to go camping. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> I'm just so excited to camp, that's awesome. to, to, to go to, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, just nor- a little bit of stability and a little bit of normalcy. Something that I've missed kind of missed non-work out on for years. work vacations? What is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: it's hard to vacation when you've been to all the crazy places and had like work to do. It it's is. really hard to go yeah. there and just sit and pay yeah. to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. That is so true. All right. Well, great, man. We sure do appreciate you being on the As podcast. You, man. And uh, all right, we'll be so, looking forward to
1: that. So let's get, the, oh, let's hey. get all the Amberlin plugs in here. Amberlin is doing a world tour. They're on Warp Tour right away. So go see them on Warp Tour. They have a new album coming out on Tooth and & Nail. And the album comes out when, Steven?
3: Uh, July 22nd, 2014. July 22nd. And it's called Lowborn. It's called Lowborn. That's correct, yep. I got that from uh, Psalm 66, actually, uh, just about, uh, talking about kind of just, uh, well, Psalms. It's just a grieving you know, <laughs> yeah. a grieving psalm, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just going to be uh, it's gonna be good. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the record. Well,
1: it's good all being right. friends with you for this long, and thank you for talking so openly as you did, especially about talking yeah. about how you had sex before marriage. That will end your praise and worship career before it begins. Sorry about that. <laughs> <I'm>,
3: <laughs> this will Maybe be a good episode the of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, uh, anytime, guys. I would love to do this again. Everybody give it up.
1: Stephen Christian. Give it up, baby. Give it up. Some of the most wonderful, up. wonderful individuals on the earth. All yeah. right.
0: I thought that was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to Stephen again. I hadn't talked to him in a while,
2: and uh, we toured with Amberland several times, and it was really fun catching up. Mm. Matt, why would you? Why would you say that? Were you just being super nice, or do you really think they're some of the best humans?
1: Um no I don't really think that like in a literal sense I was like, just being nice. Yeah, I, mean, would you put I, I, I didn't in mean it facetious with John the
2: Baptist. Okay. No I didn't, I
1: wasn't being facetious. I was uh I wasn't making a joke at their expense but nor was I being, you know, sincere. I was just thought that would be a nice thing to say after the interview. But I do like Okay. Him. I don't even think you guys are the greatest. So it's all right.
0: Would you guys care if I did a little bit of
1: news? Let's oh, do it, man. I'd let's be very just jump interested right in, but You know why? Because I haven't, I haven't. Honestly, the, uh, I've stopped listening to all the major news outlets, and I get all of my news from this this segment right here. So let's hit it. No, you're not. You're just... Yep. That's true. You're being nice. Nope.
0: Good evening. My name is Toby Morrell, and this is News with Toby. Your one-stop shop for all the news that means something to you.
2: Hey, Toby, I feel like I need to make an apology. Joey, you You can do this Um, later. Just with the Angry Birds thing, last week I just feel like I was Did we do this later? No, it's got to... No, you you know, uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger, and I'm going to go to bed after we do this recording, so I really am sorry. Um... I don't mean to take up the spotlight every single time. I people like hearing me. Uh people find oh uh, they do, huh? My interruptions I don't. to be very popular. But <laughs> I need I what do you mean by popular? What does no, that mean? They like it. They like they think it's funny. But I apologize for making it about me and for not giving you your time to shine because you don't get too many of those moments. So I'm sorry. And um well here's what I understand. I mean you get the fat jokes. That's your time to shine.
1: Yeah, that's when yeah. you get to that's shine. That's all at. about you. Okay.
2: All, all I'm doing all I'm saying is I apologize.
0: If so you please really
1: if me. you really mean it, Joey, <laughs> then uh then why don't you atone for it by making a fat joke about yourself and then we'll move on. Um Tell about a time when you were ashamed of how fat you were.
0: <laughs> or just like how much you how I many, how much cereal you ate
2: one night. Yeah.
1: Just give us some details there.
2: Hey, this is get about to get real. The pavement cracks when I fall down. <laughs> I've got more chins than a Chinatown. Oh God, we can't even use that. <laughs> Cannot use that. Well, that's weird. I'll yank. Moving it on there. to the news. All right, have
0: you guys heard about how old Hobby Lobby?
2: Hey, so do you accept Matt, my, my you apology? Have... What? Do you accept my apology? <laughs> this is what I want to know. I don't. You're okay, still well, you're still
0: well, trying to interrupt well, my news. I've moved
1: on to Hobby to Lobby. Hell with
2: moving yeah. on to Hobby Lobby. Can you please
0: shut up? I just want you to accept my apology. Shut your damn mouth. Shut your ugly (laughs) (laughs) mouth. Moving on.
2: I want you to accept my apology. I will never accept it. Sorry, Joey.
0: No matter what you say or what you do, I don't care. I I don't care if you save my wife from falling (laughs) off a waterfall. I'll never forgive you. Well, you
2: know what? Enjoy eternity with Jay Baker.
0: That's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> That's messed up. All right,
1: Toby. What's the n- news with Hobby Lobby? I have not what? heard anything about it in any way. You've not heard of anything about Hobby no, I Lobby. Told you, you, I only get my news from you, so hit me with it.
0: So you got Matt. You don't have Hobby Lobby up in uh, Seattle. <laughs> it's not a huge. So. It's not. <laughs> anyway. So they've loves. been in the news lately because they took it all the way to the Supreme Court. You know, Obamacare. Well, they heard of it. They had a uh, uh, they had a problem with it because. They did not like that they would have to pay for, uh, potentially have to pay for abortions or uh, prophylactics, I believe. and I, I could be totally wrong about the prophylactics part. But anyway, uh, so I thought this news article was kind of cool or interesting. And uh, guess where it comes from, old oh, Huffington Post. But uh, it says, Christians call out Hobby Lobby for the hypocrisy. And I <laughs> thought this was really cool. It says, uh, it it talks for a while, and it says, products bearing the made in China labels are found all over the shelves at Hobby Lobby, which is evidence that some of its wares come from the Chinese factories that have a reputation for labor rights uh, violations and rock bottom wages. Um, And employees at these facilities often end up working grueling hours in prison like conditions and never earn enough uh, to escape poverty. And so a lot of Christians are standing up against uh, Hobby Lobby, saying, you cannot call your business Christian. When arguing before the Supreme Court and then set aside Christian values when you're placing a bulk order for cheap wind chimes, wrote Christian author, columnist Jonathan Merritt. And uh, I just really kind of was reading this article and I really did think about that. It's really funny how we'll stand up so strong for abortions, which it, uh, I, I, if you keep on reading this article, uh, chi- uh, China has actually had since 40 years ago, they, they set up a plan for uh, planned pregnancy uh, to where, you know, most parents can only have one kid, and since that time, the last 40 years, they've had 330 million abortions in China. Can you believe that? 330 million in 40 years, and so people are really kind of standing up saying, hey, why would you uh, come out against Obamacare? Why would you do all this stuff? And yet... Uh, you support China and what they're doing. You're, you're funding their government.
1: What do you guys think about that? Well, it's an interesting point. Well, First I, I of all, just, I don't think that the, uh, just to clarify, I don't think that they're mandated to have to cover actual abortions, but I think the limit of it is they have to, they are supposed to cover birth control, which would include the morning after pill, which is right. considered potentially yes. abortive or theoretically abortive potentially. So, um, they're not made to pay for abortion. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, I don't know. I think it's... I'm not into abortion and that stuff. But, I mean, birth control, I think, you know, if you want to do birth control, how much does condoms cost? Just let them, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, but what specifically do you, would you su- specifically support... Your business giving money towards an after, you know. No, a,
1: no I just think a, a the Hobby Lobby should two. not make a big deal out of it, nor should their employees. It's fine. We're not talking about any, anybody that wants to do birth control can. And I don't think that Hobby Lobby should worry about what it's yeah. paying for either. It just, n- neither of these sides matter at all to me. They're both dumb in my opinion. Just you can handle yourself. Don't worry about it. The thing they would say is that nobody's ever
0: had to pay no, no business has ever had to pay for, uh, you know, uh, things that would keep you know you from having a baby. So, the the big issue here is why would Hobby Lobby start having to pay for that? Even if it is condoms, Hobby Lobby has to pay for condoms.
1: No, I just I just don't think it matters. I think the employees just don't worry about it, and then Hobby Lobby don't worry about it. This is not something to even think about or fight about, in my opinion.
2: I just don't think that that we can do something about every. Like sometimes I. This is going to sound really horrible, but like the made in China stuff and uh, like I've actually had a Christian tell me that um, we we shouldn't buy um, a rap CD that objectifies women because you can't support that. And I'm like, well, then you can't support NFL because there's a lot of dudes that cheat on their wives and you're supporting their career, but they're they're full of pride. And it's just like
1: you'll never get to the bottom of who you support and what the money really goes to. I mean, that's that's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
2: what are you supposed to do, give money to a church uh, in which the pastor, you know, has the potential of misusing it? I mean, it's just like you're not going to find perfect places to put your money. Only God knows your heart. and you know, I mean, well,
1: I, if the government does all kind of terrible stuff and you pay taxes and it goes to immoral stuff, I mean, so what? If, if Obamacare makes you have to pay taxes or money that goes to something, then you pay it. That, just give to Caesar whatever is his, I guess. I don't know. I think we can all
0: agree, though. No matter what, we will not support a company that sells holiday trees. They better damn well be Christmas yeah. trees. Oh hell yeah! I don't support that hell shit. Yeah,
1: it all it all goes back to taking a stand. And what what do you get out of taking such a strong stand? Of, I'm stand, I stand with Phil. I stand with Hobby Lobby. I mean, what do you get out of that? Could, Matt, you, imagine, well, on, could you imagine? hold, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm
0: going to ask a question, Matt. Have you ever took a stand though? You <laughs> like, don't what's need your to take sta- a stand
1: on stupid stuff? A, but you,
0: what, no. But what stand have you taken? What do you mean? I, mean? I mean, these folks would say, hey, I, I actually believe in this, so I can I have a right to, to stand against that. Like you, Have you st- ever stood up against anything? I, I imagine
1: I have.
2: He stood up for me when I pranked phone calls from his yeah. apartment. He stood up against the law. Yeah, I did. I think he just
1: lied
0: <laughs> because you knew you'd go to jail. <laughs> Moving on, Utah police, and this comes from ABC News, they said that a woman... <laughs> <laughs> police in Provo, Utah have arrested a 46-year-old woman accused of attempting to buy methamphetamines from an off-duty police officer and claiming that she was purchasing the methamphetamines, for a birthday gift for her sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, she, say
1: the, she said she knew she was trying to buy meth, but said the meth was for her, a birthday gift.
0: Yep. The authorities say that she told police she was trying to buy methamphetamines for her sister. A police report shows that Heather Rodriguez was arrested Monday evening after she approached an off-duty oh. officer and displayed a glass pipe. <laughs> Did you just say
2: Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Toby you said Rod, Rodriguez,
0: and I said Rodriguez.
1: You're
2: a horrible broadcaster.
0: Yeah, you're
1: probably right. You would
2: never make it in the news world. He <laughs> okay.
1: is in the news world, Joey. Yeah. This I'm is in the, news. the news world. <laughs> Tons of people get their news only from this source. This is the
0: yeah. A lot of people they 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 email me, they send me letters and say, if it wasn't for your news, Toby Morrell, I don't <laughs> think would know I would, know, I would know anything about the world.
2: Uh, and well, my it's last a good thing this is only audio and not. Why video. would that be? Because you just people wouldn't be able to take you serious. Look at you. Hey, do you accept my apology? No. All right, my last
0: ahead. bit of news comes from Huffington Post, which I love apparently. <laughs> and I thought this was interesting. Uh, there, uh, this is what has happened since weed has been legalized in Colorado. What do you guys think of has happened since since they legalized weed in Colorado? Everybody chilled out. That's what you think, Matt. Uh, Joey? What
2: do you think? Uh that crime um, went down? Yeah, I would say crime went down, uh, especially because the cops were able to focus on more serious matters. And um, you, is it taxed? Is the marijuana taxed? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I would say that the economy is probably flourishing a little bit more. In
0: the first four months, marijuana sales amounted to more than $202 million, and about a third of them were recreational. Taxes from the recreational sales were still... Almost $11 million. And despite some critics' fear of pot-driven crime explosion, Denver police say burglaries pot-driven and robberies. Explosion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Denver police say that burglaries and robberies were down by, by between 4 and 5% in the first four months of the year. So there was uh,
1: somebody there that said, I, I'm afraid of a pot-driven Crime explosion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, stance.
0: Yeah, I really believe that a lot of people thought as soon as we legalize it, we're going straight. This town is going straight to hell. Colorado, a state is going straight to hell. It's going to be awful. Can't live in Denver anymore. It's going to be a nightmare. And honestly, obviously, nothing happened. The only crime that actually increased was just around the border. You know, around the border where people were coming over, buying the marijuana, trying to take it back, or getting caught in wyoming or yeah. uh you, you know utah or yeah. whatever States. so basically nothing bad has happened that now they still you know they're trying to be open-minded like maybe it could be worse later but so far after the first six months nothing bad has happened and, and i think that's what we all thought i mean i mean what did it is, i can't believe that people would actually think oh no people are gonna start smoking marijuana and it's the end of the world it's, it's like y2k all over again like people are so scared just because the government told them this is illegal but every I mean uh, cigarettes are legal uh alcohol is legal, prescription drugs are legal, and all those honestly yeah, they're, they're all a lot of times could be way worse, so I mean, I just can't believe that people would just so blindly take the government saying, "Hey, this is illegal and if if we do it, you know, they're still watching the like nineteen fifties movies that they made uh they say you know if you you smoke, you take one smoke of a joint and then your life is over. Yeah. I remember watching that in church uh it was really funny. Uh, they used to do these, like, I I guess it was almost called like a hell week kind of thing or whatever, you know, it's kind of around Halloween or whatever. And, uh, they showed this video and I still remember it where a guy took one hit of a marijuana joint, which I've smoked marijuana before. And the first time, first three times, first two times I smoked marijuana, nothing even happened. Uh, third time's a charm for me. Uh. They showed it the guy the first time smoking marijuana and then his whole life was over and he wrecked his car and died and are went to serious?
2: hell. <laughs> and he went
0: to hell. <laughs> uh, he died he wrecked his car, died, and went to hell. And I was like, Is this re-? I mean come even when I was young, I was like, That seems kind of intense. <laughs> I mean, drugs are that bad. Like you immediately you take one hit from a marijuana joint and die and go to hell.
2: Dude, I, I used to think that if I cussed and then died without repenting, I'd go to hell, even if I was a Christian. Yeah, I, I did too. Just,
1: they open. there's a uh there's a uh, pot shop on my block now. They cuz we we have uh you know medical marijuana here and then the the regular recreational goes live next week but there's one uh you know 100 yards from my front door now. And How how do you fine. smoke? How do you I smoke? I haven't even got any yet. I haven't even done it once and it's 100 yards from my house. So
0: Matt, have you ever smoked marijuana?
1: No, I have not.
0: Have you ever smoked anything?
1: Mm, no, I have not. In so fact, you, well,
0: one time, this is really funny, I was actually really infuriated at Matt because uh, we were doing an Emory shoot and the photographer actually brought cigars and wanted us all to have them in our mouth sitting around a like a conference table like we were big bosses and uh, Matt wouldn't do it. Are you serious? He wouldn't do it. He acted like a, the biggest baby I could ever imagine in my whole life because he just wouldn't put a cigar in his
1: mouth. I didn't want why to. Why would? Why not? I didn't I don't like it. You didn't like what it would feel it like crying. Or, Well, I mean, it's like would you put like baby diarrhea in your mouth if a photographer asked you to? <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. I did it three times. <laughs> that was a badass photo shoot though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: guys, that's all my news.
1: Toby, that was good news. I, I appreciated all those stories. They were pretty that good. That was
0: better than last
2: week's, for sure.
0: You know what I don't like is uh when I, when we did the last week's with the pastor. That got, uh, it wasn't a pastor. It was a guy that got swept out the sea <laughs> Yeah, from the baptism. You turned on me. You said this is a bad week's news, but it was only because you acted ugly and were laughing. Uh, well, I don't even think it was ugly. You laughed at the guy only, being swept out the sea, and then you c- accused my news of being boring or bad. First of all... And I thought that was really awful. That When I listened back to the podcast, I thought that was yeah. really crappy because you were laughing in the news. The new were really engaged in the news, and then you laughed at what you... And then you after you're laughing, you judged it as you wrong. Judged. And then you but then here's what he did, Matt. He blamed my news. He said, my news is bad. It wasn't good. I just want to get out of here. Now, you, first people, of, I don't know if people heard it, but you actually got depressed live on air.
2: All right. First of all, only little kids and grandmas use the word ugly like that. You were acting ugly. That's not how adults use that word. That's how I
0: use it. You're acting ugly right now.
2: Yeah, that's well, you consider you, yourself the only you're the definition of ugly. You're the definition of ugly. And second of all, I thought that was the only good news story.
0: <laughs> Matt, thought- you don't understand how many times Joey says something and cracks himself up, and he takes the microphone away from his <laughs> mouth and looks away.
1: Well,
2: tonight it's because I have a cough.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, thank you. What, what, what about all the other episodes? Because <laughs> I don't want to be an obstruction to the uh, podcast. Well, you obstruct my news every night. Every day. Every second, I am the thorn. Anyway, but I'm done with the news, man. I'm done with All the right.
1: news. All right, news with Toby. Very good. Thank you, Toby. Well, folks, we have reached the uh, the end of another episode of the Bad Christian Podcast. Like, can we wrap it
2: up by giving a shout out to one of our team members? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I want to give a shout out to. Jenny McPherson. She has been with us for a long time now. She keeps us organized. She answers your emails right away. And then uh, typically one of us will follow it up if we can. Uh, She is who ships your orders when you order them. And she wears a lot of other hats too. She's always quick to uh, do the things we ask her to do. She's got a servant's heart and we love her. She's awesome. So let's give it up.
1: Thank you, Jenny. Thank you to all the Bad Christian Podcast supporters. And thank you to X3 Watch. And Matt, you're not autistic. Thank you, Joey.